Welcome to the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brands here. It is a historic evening in Charlotte. History was made. History was made. Charlotte FC's first ever point tonight. Yeah. Is is it something to be excited about? That that's what that's when we drop in the blue furia. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, sound yeah, exactly. that, that you got this weekend in in, in Charleston. Which, by the great. way, uh, Danny Brams in Charleston this weekend. He saw the game against the Battery. We're going to talk about that that loss, that one nil loss um, in Charleston this past weekend. But first and foremost, tonight the score is nil nil. It's the first ever MLS competition against a true MLS team. Which, by the way, had a starting forward that also starts for the United States men's national team. This wasn't a, a pushover matchup, and a nil-nil score is the, the official result. It's one point in in this Carolina Challenge Cup. And, mm-hmm. and Brams, what's your takeaway from it? A, a point's a point. You know, the, uh, the Carolina Challenge Cup is what I would consider our first competitive matches. We played a couple friendlies, uh, you know, scrimmages, glorified scrimmages, you could say. This is where we're actually going for a full 90 minutes with referees and everything and whatnot. And my takeaway is that from two games, I need to see more from Charlotte FC, obviously. Uh, I think the first game, the Saturday night loss to the Battery, was extremely disappointing. I had the pleasure of being there in person. I made the three-hour drive to Charleston and was so excited to be in the arena. You know, the, the It's not quite a stadium, but it was a, a, a lovely little field. Tell uh, me about the beer garden, because that's what you texted me. About. Yeah, yeah. The first thing I said to you when I got down there was, wow, they got a great beer garden here. <laughs> uh, I loved Charleston. I loved everything about going down there for the game. But I hated to see uh, Charlotte FC lose and just look bad. We'll talk a little bit, about, little bit more about that. We want to focus on the, the positive and the, one, the yeah. nil-nil draw against Columbus here tonight. But uh, signs of encouragement, you know, obviously. We're encouraged after seeing a much better effort from the squad as a whole in Game 2 of the uh, Carolina Challenge Cup as compared to Game 1. So my, my first thought is is that the squad looked a lot better tonight than it did on Saturday against Charleston Battery. And, and the one thing I want to do is put that into context, right? The game on Saturday, the, the, the 1-0 loss that we've talked about, that you've heard about, that you may have been embarrassed about. I called it our first derby ever as a franchise, and I believe it is that now, right? Charleston Battery has what head-to-head record against Charlotte FC? They're 1-0. Exactly right. We need to make sure that we play that squad again, Mm -hmm. that we get that W, and we established ourselves as the best franchise in the Carolinas. And that's why I was huge about that matchup. And to be fair, it wasn't a real soccer match, right? There was there was a eleven man or a ten man substitution twenty two minutes into that yeah, that match. There was Charleston completely changed its lineup in the middle of the first half. It's a preseason sh- tournament. Coaches are trying out different combinations. It's not the real thing in terms of com- uh, right. what we're going to see in a in a seasonal match. But it was competitive. That's it was. It's kind of in that gray zone. It's not quite a friendly, not quite a real match. Right. And I, I, that's why I think this entire podcast for me is about context. Mm-hmm. It's about if you're listening to this, if you're a new Charlotte FC fan, if you're somebody that's been following the club since its announcement. I remember um, down at the museum in Uptown where, where Tepper had his boisterous press conference and announced the club, and we're here now, and we're talking about actual matches on the mm-hmm. field. So whether you go bar, go as far back as that or you're just hearing about this club for the first time, 
either way, the point is, is that these are preseason matches and we're not going to get caught up in preseason matches. Um, what we're going to do is think about this squad moving forward when, when we go up to D.C. next weekend and we play in that first MLS match. That is when we officially start to look at Miguel Angel Ramirez's tactics. But for now, we have, we have a ton to talk about. You know, we're going to talk about the new kits, the Mint City kit. The community kit, baby. The community kit, the one that you're wearing right now. <laughs> I picked it up. I picked it up on day one. Which, by the way, looks fantastic. Thank you. I'll take that compliment, and it feels fantastic. I think there was, and I'll give the fan base credit for this. I think there was a lot of, okay, we see the kit, we like the kit, it's the inaugural year, we're going to support the franchise. When it comes to their home kits, the main kit that they unveiled at Camp sure. North End. Which I love. I love that blue and white combo. I, I love it. I think there's some people that don't like the white sleeves. Sure. We'll just leave it at that. But this kit that you're wearing now will be universally accepted for every single fan in this county in this state and in this region mm-hmm. this is the kit of charlotte fc yeah it it looks good it feels good it's it's mint it's got the mint on it and it's it's a very it's a triumph of design on a lot of ways so you know they you saw all the details that the the club accounts tweeted out as far as the inaugural season being written on the inseam of the collar and stuff like that it's it's really cool and it feels good wearing it and it's just part of the excitement that's building for this club launch. Every step along the way, we've talked about this already on this young podcast that we just started. Every step along the way gets realer and realer. From the first, from the home kit launch to the first practice to the game, the first friendlies to the first preseason tournament to now this new road kit that even is winning more rave reviews than the first. All of this is great. So much positive energy. But what we're seeing on the field, I think, has to give you a little bit of cause for concern. Granted. They're, this is preseason tournament. This is coach experimenting. This is trying out different combinations. This is seeing what guys can do. There's a couple guys who stood out, and we're going to talk about that, for positives. And there's a couple guys who stood out for negatives. And there's you know some questions about you know why you play the entire first half today against Columbus without any striker at all and things like that. So you, you don't really know what's going on uh, in terms of the tactics. It still feels very experimental. But who... Do you want to start on the negative or the positive? I don't know. It's your call. Do you want to start with who stood out to you, who caught the eye for a negative reason or positive? Positive, for sure. Right. Well, I like that. And I think that's important tonight just based on the occasion, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're going to do on this show. We're going to make sure that we understand the moment. We talk about the reality of the situation in regards to the now and project the future and, and be critical of the future. And We've and, promised to be critical on the show. And, and we will. But tonight is the night where we say to ourselves, like, Legitimately, you look at this team, and you know I am really, really feeling good about the keeper, Christian Kalina. Sure, I, I love I love the way he looked in that tonight. It's the first start that we've seen him on Saturday night. We had our draftee from George Marks, yeah, from Clemson, George Marks, probably the third in the string net. in real life. And when you're going to think about this conversation, big picture, the, the reason why he started on Saturday was because we were playing Charleston Battery. Sure. And the reason why Christian Kalina started tonight was we were playing Zardes and the Columbus Crew. Right. The Two years ago, MLS this, Cup champions. This is our number one keeper. Sure. I think Kalina's the guy in that, for sure. 
everyone has said that and speculated it and just just knowing what I know about Pablo Cisniega not thinking that he's really ready to be a number one keeper in in this league right now and from what I saw from Marks falling down before the shot on goal that went past him into the net against Charleston it's got to be clean it's a clean sheet yeah it's a debut and a clean sheet Mm -hmm. that's what we want that's what the expectation of this club is because I will tell you this and I'll tell you this now if you like this club, if you're interested in following it for its inaugural season, you better like defense mm-hmm. because that's the strength of this team. Right. That's where we're deepest uh, in terms of a, lo- a ton of center backs who are going to be fighting for playing time. That's probably a good thing. You know, we have deep goal- goalkeepers. As Even though I've said Cisniega, I don't really see him as a number one right now. I think he's a great backup. So, yeah, we got to build through the spine. we uh, we got to trust Kalina to be the guy. You know, none of us really know much about him outside of what we saw today and just knowing that he comes over from Europe. But he was the presumed number one, and we're going to expect him to be number one. We're going to hold him to that standard, and it's got to be defense. Uh, we didn't, we haven't scored a goal yet, so it's got to be defense, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we're, we're still waiting for that goal. And, by the way, we will celebrate that on this show as well. How could you not? And when, when you're talking about this debut season, this inaugural season, which you'll hear on the show over and over and over again and the reason why is because it's very unique in the landscape of american sports there's a very few times where you get a professional franchise for its first year so we're going to celebrate that and the milestones along the way right so now that we've gone positive i, I do want to hand it to you for for the negative because i i think that there is a player that you and i both after watching 180 minutes of Charlotte FC, say to ourselves, he's getting a lot of playing time. Mm-hmm. He's in an important position on the field, and we're not sure why. Right, and you're talking about Chris Hager, right? Who absolutely uh, really just made, had me kind of like face palming in the stands in Charleston on Saturday night, and didn't seem to be doing much better today. I don't, I don't know what you thought about his efforts against the crew, but uh, yeah, Chris Hager, they tried him, he was playing uh, left wing on Saturday against Charleston. I saw him today mixing a little bit more centrally. He was, he was getting a lot more central tonight than what I saw on Saturday, so I don't know if he has been getting some different instructions or whatever, but this, is, this guy just, did, just seemed out of place. He was constantly losing possession, not making the pass trying to make himself available for passes that weren't there, which I think is really frustrating to me, you know, when you see a guy just sort of like standing out of the play and hoping for a miracle pass that's never going to come. So, yeah, Chris Haggard, I mean, I, I I feel like the club's probably trying him out and, you know, trying to see what they can get out of him. That's why he's getting some extended play in the preseason. Not really someone I want to see on the pitch in our first 11 when it comes down to the regular season at this point. No, and I agree. I think he he's sticking out on the pitch. Uh, when, you, when you're talking about a guy like Franco who's, who's completely dominating the midfield, and that's, that's where I want to go positively with you. I apologize for, for teeing you up on the negative first. No, I got, we wanted to get to that. We wanted I, to I get got, to that. I got yeah. to, to, to enjoy myself um, some good goalkeeping while I made you, uh, you know, take a look at one That's of right. Our... You knew I wanted to go there, so yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't hold it against you. I certainly did. I was texting you about this guy on Saturday. I'm like, who is this guy? But, but I know that you have some positive reserves as well that you want to discuss. Sure. I mean, I hyped up Alan Franco in our uh, previous episode as someone who looked really great in the practice uh, in terms of energy, and he backed it right up, and we, we, we're seeing it on the field. You know, we got uh, 
I think he was subbed shortly after halftime against Charleston as they tried out some different lineup stuff. He played a full 90. Against full Columbus, 90. Let's which, go. Yeah. Time out. I need like a sound board on this show to where when I celebrate somebody's full 90. Because <laughs> I'm dead serious. I love that shit. <laughs> right. Like I love that shit. Right. If you can go 90 minutes and in the 89th minute be as strong as you are in the fifth minute, that's where I say soccer is the fucking best. Like compared to any other sport, mm-hmm. that type of athleticism is important it's valued and whether you have the most skill in the world it doesn't matter but if you can go that long mm-hmm. and franco does that right he does it he does it we're seeing it already early we hyped up this guy knowing miguel angel ramirez's style i think we're seeing the benefits of that for sure he seems to be like the the guy we're going to be doing depending on in the midfield Nothing against Sergio Ruiz, nothing against Jordi Alcivar, well, nothing against T.T. Ortiz. I well, mean, all those they're, guys they're are, all good yeah. in their own ways, but they're not box-to-box, five-tool players, right. if you will. Mo- drifting outside, coming back inside, making a pass, looking for a pass, and looking like looking for the defense, filling the defensive gap, if, if, if you'll say. like yes. This is a guy who's out there. When he sees that the other team is, let's say we have a failed attack, and we, you know, we, we lose an attack, their goalkeeper... Smothers the ball and gets set up. Franco's already looking like, all right, how do I set up the defense from that point forward? That that's what I saw a lot of, which I really love to see. Like, a, you know, when you really get into soccer, a, a lot of people are just coming to this game for the just brand new because they want to get into Charlotte FC. So, I don't want to insult anyone who's a longtime fan, but when you really get into soccer, you start watching the action away from the ball. You know, you start to really appreciate the movement away from the ball, and you stop ball watching. You start to see what guys are doing out around the pitch. That's when the game really starts to like take itself to the next level for me so Franco's a guy who really kind of scratched that itch for me as a fan and, and I love him for sure and you conversely give you another sh- uh, shot to praise somebody I know you with your center back sort of instincts there's there's a center back who's really catching your eye among the depth correct Guzman is the the captain he's my captain Right, Guzman Corujo yeah for yes, sure yes he's, he's my he captain he wore the armband tonight yes that's what I'm saying and, and like Fuchs did it on Saturday, and I think a lot of people expected Christian Fuchs to be the captain this season. We talked about it in that last episode, and I still would expect Christian Fuchs to be this captain uh, at Charlotte FC. But think about it this way, right? So, like a chain of command. Who is in the starting 11? Who is Christian Fuchs Robin to the Batman? That's what we need to find. That's a good question. It's Guzman. All right. That's what Explain why. Because that's what a center back pairing is. Right? It's like right. you are only as good as your partner. That makes sense. And so when you are not able to play, the captain's badge goes to, the next goes guy to your line. partner. Yeah. Okay, I get and it. it. And it illustrates the strength of your squad. So if the strength of this squad is at the center back position that is like really under the radar incredible right because this is not la liga this is not the bundesliga Mm -hmm. it's mls baby this is mls physical and if you've got center backs that can do the job against forward players number nines who really are good, but aren't that good mm-hmm. in some situations. Like, that means the strength of your team is in the absolute right place. And it starts with 
MARs, and we really haven't um, talked about him in that way. Miguel Angel Ramirez, MARs. Like a, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna go short with MAR. Yeah, let's um, make it easier. Yes. Yeah, we we have to do it. As much as I love, his I almost name. did a last reference, and I I, I went yeah. with the fold. So yeah. so when MAR is talking about building up through the back, and talking about his tactical play, whether it's Anton Walks, whether it's Guzman, whether it's Christian Fuchs, whether it's Sobachensky. We got our first look at McCoon tonight. If, if, if McCoon tonight. Five guys competing for two spots is a good thing, right? In terms of raising the level. Building from the back, building your center strong, and being able to distribute out wide mm-hmm. and push the football up the field. That seems to be what the tactical formation of this squad will be. So right. to, to answer your question in a very straightforward way, Guzman played, um, he played like he deserved the captain's ban tonight, and he got a yellow card early. Mm-hmm. And he was disciplined after that. Right. I know you love to see that. Yeah. I do love to see that. An early that. yellow, but then then not get thrown out. That's that's the right type of energy. Yes. Yeah, I like Guzman. I think, you know, he's he's great on he's he's big. He goes for a header. We've seen we saw that on a few set pieces already these first two games. He did have a stumble that sort of led to the the goal against uh that Charleston scored against us Guzman stumbled and also George Marks stumbled in the same play maybe maybe it was just something the grass down there early early season I don't know you, you were down there with I the mean, greenskeeping you... crew or whatever but uh but yeah when we surrendered that goal to Charleston it was a little bit of like kind of a just two goofball plays it wasn't like they built up a great goal against, if I'm being honest so, I mean it was just it, no 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 it was a great ball it was it wasn't like a build-up it was like Charleston batteries like someone in their back line hit this like 10 out of 10 ball right, yeah, down he the did. field. He did, yeah. And it, it, it hit the perfect spot and it threw our guys off. But I guess, you know, I'd rather see us concede through a completely silly mistake that's more correctable, I guess, than just be unable to handle pressure. So that's good. We handled pressure much better against Columbus all game tonight. So why don't you tell me what you think so far of our designated player, Carol Swiderski, who didn't start the game, came in the second half today against Columbus, uh, was very just completely ineffective due to lack of service against Charleston Battery. Had one shot on goal, never really got too many uh, attempts. But I want to hear what you think of Swiderski. I know you know you were there at his unveiling after two games in action. Is do you think he's got what it takes? So we saw about. Yeah, you know, I, I think he went to full ninety on Saturday. Yep, he did. Close to it. Close, close, enough, close yeah. to close to the full ninety Certainly on Saturday. Close enough. And tonight he came on in the second half, yep. early in the second half. I think maybe at halftime, actually. Um, and I, I do think that he offers, and this is just my, this is my gut, this is my sense, this is just like meeting these players for the first time, seeing on the pitch, understanding exactly what their reflexes are. Where do I be when the ball arrives? Mm-hmm. How do I get myself in a position to score a goal? Some guys have the ability to do that. Other guys are just like, I'm um, here in the box. Mm-hmm. Come find me. Maybe I'll score. Swiderski is like a workhorse. Okay. He never stops. He makes the runs. He puts himself into the box. He tries to get on the ball. And so far we haven't seen his ability to go one-on-one. 
right? Yeah. Because these games are just have been like so fragmented. Just a, a total lack of service at this point. I mean, he's getting no cutting passes. No, there's no cutting edge to our attack that's like freeing him up to do anything. I right. Think. But I do think that he's in this super unique position of like, I am the designated player. I'm going to play up top, and my objective is to score goals. And that's the uniqueness of a striker. Mm-hmm. Nobody on the squad can say that except for him. And when he plays, you see it. No one else is playing the way he is. On the penalty spot, always there. Right. Making the run in the middle of the pitch. There was one moment on tonight's game where you could have had a penalty shout for sure. He was he was brought down in the box. and Right potent- in that specific yeah, area. Potentially could have been a penalty. I don't know. Exactly know. right. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't for me. It wasn't, I wasn't begging. I wasn't begging for it. Which, by the way, <laughs> the officiating tonight <laughs> was like exactly what you would expect from a preseason MLS match at a USL site. Like, it was like early and often, I think there was five yellow cards given out to Charlotte FC. In the first 20 minutes? Then there was a huge fight. <laughs> yes. And no one got yes. ejected. Okay, fine. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so it's like, what is yes. happening here? Yes, exactly. So that's that's super. Let's, let's hit on that. Right? So it's just like the broadcast tonight on charlottefootballclub.com. Eric Krakauer and Lloyd Sam. And the app. First time that I've got to hear Lloyd Sam. What'd you think? He was... Incredible, And the reason why I want to bring him up is because of what you said about the fight, about the melee, sure. about the dust Ruha. up, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to call it, okay? Um, he was like, this is what I want to see. Yeah. This is team spirit. This is, the, this is our players having each other's backs. Right. Getting to know each other, understanding that we're in this together and we need results. Otherwise, right. this will not work. He identified that immediately. And he has such a player's view of the match. So, if you can't tell, I'm, like, super excited after watching this match tonight. It's just, like, what it was on Saturday and what it was tonight, 180 degrees. Yeah. And Sam's – his ability to recognize exactly what the players were going for in that moment was very unique, important perspective because – what did you talk about? After the open practice, you wanted to see camaraderie, right? You chemistry. saw it. You we saw it. chemistry last episode. You, yeah. When when Jordy Reyna got into it, right? Ke- yeah. Who cares that we started the fight, right? <laughs> Who cares that our guy went in for a completely <laughs> unnecessary tackle in a preseason game? You know? Yeah. It doesn't matter. We're still going to be the ones to end the fight too if we have to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like seeing it. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, I think there's there's a few takeaways. So I I think we take away that we we think we might have our number one goalkeeper. And I think you would agree with that. Yeah, it's got to be Clinch. I think that we have a striker that is a ball hawk, that whether he starts or comes in as a super sub, his one goal is going to be squirrels. He just needs service. We haven't seen it yet. Yes. And we love the box-to-box action of Franco in the middle. Yep. Somebody that is going to... And his, his, his fellow midfielders, too, but he's the one that stood out the most, for sure. And our center back tandems are, are strong, so that is the spine. We just we, we yeah. talked about the spine. Mm-hmm. And 
the the big next step, and we'll we'll talk about the wingers at some point. Yeah, because we need wingers. Yeah, someone to replace Haggard at this point in my <laughs> book. You know, yeah. sorry, Chris. Yeah, he's just he's not gonna get it done. So it's again, it's a historic night in in Charlotte FC history. It's it's a one point uh, against the Columbus Crew, the first MLS squad that this team has has played and didn't give up a goal it was a clean sheet and it was respectable unlike saturday night was you know not respectable so to to make that turn and to have this team um show you a little something different and and rebound from that adversity this this quickly because the spotlight's on and and they know it they they know the spotlight's on and there was a reaction tonight from the entire group um, so we'll be right back after this break. You know, we've got a, we've got a lot to discuss in regards to the match against Inter Miami on Saturday in Charleston to wrap up the preseason. Um, we've also got the home op- the the away opener, I should say, um, in DC this coming Saturday. Man, and finally, it's coming fast. It is coming fast, and finally the home opener on March fifth, Saturday night in Charlotte. Over sixty five thousand tickets sold. We're going to talk about that as well right after the break. All right, Brams. So one thing you and I, we have discussed that set pieces are important, corner kicks are important, and who do you see right now as the player on the squad that can take this job and get it done? Well, this was important to me, John, uh, and you know because I want, for one, I'm a big fantasy soccer player, so I, I always want to know who's going to be racking up these statistics. And two, I think set pieces are very important towards winning soccer games. So uh, when it comes to Charlotte, it looks like our primary set piece taker is going to be T.T. Ortiz, who's we, we pretty much figured that because he took a lot of sets for Tijuana when he was in the Mexican League. So coming in, we expected him to be the main guy, and he has been the main guy when he's been on the pitch so far. Not too impressed by what I saw today against Columbus. He sent a lot of his free kicks out of bounds. Uh, never really got a chance to like get a never gave anyone a chance to get ahead on the end of of, of free kick. So we obviously are going to need to see that uh, behind him. Sergio Ruiz was taking when Ortiz was not on the field, and I liked what I was seeing from Ruiz's free kicks a little bit better. So who knows? They'll work it out in practice, but it's definitely Ortiz's job by default right now, and that makes sense. You uh, oftentimes teams will have their number ten, their center attacking mid, you know, on the set pieces because it's easier for them to go side to side as well. So we have the heads also that can get on the end of these, though. So the service has got to be better than what we saw today. You know, someone like Corujo, Jan Sobosinski, Walks, McCoon, Fuchs, all our center backs can get up and, and throw that header down. So I want to be able to see more of that. Uh, when it comes to defending the set pieces, equally as important. Uh, you hear, you know, Alexi Lawless on TV always saying, you know, defend the set pieces. And it's true. So... I think we were fouling the hell out of uh, Columbus today, and they were getting lots of free kicks, and we defended them well. I always saw guys fighting to get headers on the ball. That's what you want to see. You don't want to see guys like passive in the box when the when the ball is coming in. So I saw a lot of fight there, and I think defending set pieces should be a strength for Charlotte, and it definitely needs to be. Absolutely right, and and we we've got the height when it comes to the back line, and if the delivery, if the service. Whatever you want to call it, you know, just call room service. What's the what's the number here? Call it up. Deliver it on a platter. If yeah. we have somebody that can do that, if if T T Ortiz is the guy to where, if we 
get fouled, right? I, I always think about like game situations where it's winning time, and I'm thinking about the 84th minute. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about a unnecessary foul outside the box on the right hand wing, out of frustration because the defender's tired, and all of a sudden, whether you're down one, whether you're tied or have a chance to give yourself a two-goal cushion. That moment is absolutely crucial. And if you've got somebody who can deliver a quality ball... Right, these are... A a goal off a set piece is almost like an extra goal, right? I mean, when you're playing soccer, you're, you're trying to build up through the open play and you're trying to create these beautiful goals... But it's those extra goals that you get from set pieces that oftentimes go a long way in the table and can move you up the standings. And if you have your players properly managed and you put them in the right positions, then those goals happen because of preparation and and hard work. So we'll we'll see what happens. And that's another thing about MAR, right? He's got T.T. Ortiz on the ball. Check. He's got it right. So uh, make sure you check in Saturday night against Inter-Miami. We're going to talk about that game. We're going to talk about what happens after that, the road to D.C., uh, when we come back in a minute. All right, John. Charlotte FC is not going to win the Carolina Challenge Cup, unfortunately. Uh, Despite uh, the great encouragement we got from the nil-nil draw against Columbus, we sit at the bottom of the tournament table with one point. Last place. And uh, Inter-Miami, who we play on Saturday, is leading with four points. But even if we win, we can't really pass... Uh, any enough teams to win this tournament, so we're, we're we got to consider ourselves out of this preseason tournament. It's almost too good to be true, right? It's like starting with Miguel and Hell Ramirez's comments about how screwed we are. Right, after, right now we're screwed. <laughs> right, I, I, you know, he said it. After two games, you're like, oh great, there's this cool preseason cup we're going to try for, and you're like, nah, we're out, yeah. and yeah. we still haven't scored a goal. And maybe we'll get one in the mm-hmm. third. I, I think worst case scenario would be if you leave Charleston without a goal. I I totally agree. I mean, that I I'm thinking of the game I saw on Saturday against the Battery, where they literally could not get three passes together. Like you get one pass, two pass, you never got the third. So much improvement uh, yeah. against Columbus in game two. You'd like to think we continue that trend and go get a win against Miami, but it is true. The worst case scenario would be to be held scoreless in three games. I, yeah. I can't even imagine that. And having to face uh, D.C., who's not a huge offensive threat, but then knowing that the Galaxy are coming in with Chicharito and knowing we're going to need to be keeping up with goals uh, against those kind of opponents. Yeah, so we're, we're at the bottom of the table of right. the, the Carolina Challenge Cup. But at the same time, I think you have, to, you have to look at Saturday's match and you have to say to yourself, like... What an opportunity. Yes. I, I mean, I, I don't... Call me crazy, but Charleston Battery might be better than Inter Miami. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's just put it. Uh, I, you know, Miami. I, I have the uh, joke that I always make whenever I talk about Miami, which is that my Inter Miami is a brand, not a club, because this is a team that has just made mistake after mistake after mistake in as they try to launch their own thing a couple of years ago. So they could pretty much serve as the negative example of everything Charlotte FC doesn't need to do, and. You know, it's nice to get a chance to, to play these guys. They 
really don't have any good players on their team. Uh, the, uh, they have Gonzalo Higuain, who's uh, pushing 50 years old. And this is, you know, e- even though I'm sure Mar will be experimenting and trying a couple different lineup combos, th- we have to go beat Inter-Miami, even in a preseason tournament. We have to. So w- do you expect uh, Miguel to put out his best 11? on Saturday night in Charleston, it feels like the the right time to do it. Right. I don't know what to expect from Miguel right now, uh, just figuring out what he's all about, but in the final preseason match before you go play for real, it makes all the sense in the world to play your best 11 and treat it like it's a real game. Right. No, no, don't, don't do the mass subs at halftime. You know, play it. Play it straight. You know, Because put, you still have a week until the next match. Right. This is the... F- Opportunity for you to play on a Saturday with your best 11 for 90 minutes and to have a recovery for the first match in D.C. And the 11 that's going to be on the pitch against D.C. needs as much time together uh, as ahead of that as possible. Because that's going to be a rowdy right. environment. Right. But we'll be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, that's one thing about the Charlotte Soccer Show is we are as committed as it gets to the, you know, we pledge to be supporters and... Uh, I made the trip to Charleston. I, John would have come if he could. We're both going up to D.C. together. It's going to be a great time. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're in it, man. We're, we want to see what this team can do. And we, as, as critical as we've been. We're going to follow the squad. In fact, like, I've been thinking about whether I want to drive down Saturday to see the Miami match. Right. It's, a, it's in play, for sure. Yeah. Haven't made the decision yet. Yeah. And, and that's, like, literally what I think about. I'm like, just, you know, like, should I get in the car, drive down there, see the match? Like Tuesday night at 5 p.m., I'm like, mm, I don't, this doesn't make any sense. Like, why, like, you're not gonna drive down, people are, you're working, you know? It's like, what are you gonna do? Leave at like 1 p.m. to go watch the match at 5 o'clock in Charleston but on a Saturday night, like you did against, right? Battery. It was a lovely drive, yeah. It was great. This weekend against Inter Miami, uh, you know, it, it's an opportunity for me maybe to get out and do that. I, I, I don't hate the idea, but either way, driving to Charleston, then getting up to DC to watch the match would be pretty badass. Yeah, it was fun uh, just being part of sort of a traveling supporters group. You know, there was a big tailgate going outside the stadium for Charlotte. There was a, uh, a party at a, a bar down the street called The Shelter that uh, the team had representatives there giving away free scarves and stuff like that, giving away uh, free drink tickets. I availed myself of a free drink courtesy of the club. That was nice. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Most definitely. And uh, it, it was a good vibe. You know, Charleston was a welcoming place as well, so... I could, I would highly recommend it to you. The stadium was pretty cool, um, but yeah, like that camaraderie. You know, we uh, we're, we're already on record as saying we're big fans of the Blue Furia. They were representing strongly at this event. Uh, they were leading chants in the stands, even as we were losing to Charleston Battery. These guys are chanting. I, I saw. Them, by the way, I saw them tonight on CharlotteFootballClub.com. Which is a whole different conversation about where that was handled. You know, you know, <clears throat> Brams is a producer at ESPN, so he's like, I know how to produce, te- produce television. Um, Hopefully. <laughs> or at least, like, stream TV, ESPN+. Plus. So you're talking, about, way, you're talking about the website. Yes. By the way, yeah, I, so- I, 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 for, for what it's worth, like, ESPN Plus is my shit. It's like, a, it's the best. We'll take that. We'll take that for sure. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, okay. So you talk. You want to talk about, you know, Charlotte FC, a new club, trying to get it together and show that they've got their shit together. 
it's all about the little things, right? It's all about, if they said in the kit launch on the new community kits, it's all about the details. It's all about the little things, right? So this is a little bit of a bone to pick that I might have with the club. I was streaming the match. I was at work. I was in the office and, you know, slacking off. I should have been working harder, but I was streaming the match out of the corner of my eye. And uh, the one thing, I, I sent the link around to a few friends of mine because they were interested. You know, I have tons of friends around the world that love soccer. So I had friends in California and uh, Texas, and then a friend of mine that lives in Germany, I sent this link to. All were able to stream this match on charlottefootballclub.com. But right on the thing... You're supposed to have your zip code, right? Right. Right, <laughs> right on the page next to the, the mod, video monitor is a big disclaimer that says, must live in Charlotte to stream this match. So something went wrong with the geoblocking where even people halfway around the world were able to stream this. And I'm glad they did. I'm glad everyone's getting exposed to Charlotte FC. But if you're supposed to be geoblocking the live stream then geoblock the live stream. Do the little things, pay attention to the details, and that's how you run a successful club. It's every single little thing, from the, every kick of the ball to every block of the stream, if you will. I, I don't know. I, it's not like a major thing that offended me, but it's just like it's one of those well, little yeah, details. Of course. Yeah, it's like it, they make you feel like, okay, so when I log in, I go on there, and that's how I watch Saturday's game and Tuesday's game, which, by the way, I streamed Tuesday's game from my laptop to the Roku at Hooligans Elizabeth for everybody in the that bar. The hero of the day right there. Okay. Yeah. But, like, that, I think, should illustrate to you how this squad has a long way to go for local buy-in and interest. And that's what we're keeping right. tabs of. And I, right. and I promise you, that's what you're going to get from, from us, at least once an episode, to let you know, like, is this team connecting with the community yeah. or no? Yeah. And right now the answer is no, and that's okay. And as, as... There's plenty of people around that have buy-in right now. but And there's plenty of tickets sold for the first inaugural match. I know we're trying to set the record. But what's the deep connection that's going to take it past that initial wave of excitement? Right. Besides the first game craziness what happens the next week of the year because i will tell you this the schedule is great you know if you look at the the schedule we have a home match on the fifth and then there's a home match on the 19th two weeks later on a saturday and there's a home match on the ninth against atlanta the real derby Exactly. Sorry, right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that that happens on April 9th. Um, so we're talking about five h- huge matches early. Plenty <laughs> of opportunity of to build momentum in the history of this club. Like, yeah. like you know, could this team potentially get off to a dream start? Could this team potentially, with its experience and and just like almost borderline ignorance get things done or is this going to be a long slow burn where we get into May and we go okay things are rough we've got our squad but the summer transfer window's coming yeah. and, and we need reinforcements the squad is thin I, I mean I'm looking for every single one of these guys to go be a hero but 
like Miguel said, man, right now we're screwed, and we just it's got we got to win on heart and by hook and by crook, and you know we got to score a goal. <laughs> yeah, we got to score a goal. He he he's Danny Brams. I'm John Hayes. It's the the Charlotte Soccer Show. Um, we'll be back here on Sunday to recap Saturday night's match. Maybe we'll even head down to the match um, and have a report for you to fill you in on really what this team looks like. And come Sunday, it's match week. You know, it's match week one. Incredible. On Sunday. So we've made it. Sunday is match week one. That's fucking cool. And that's... And we're going into a match against D.C. And we're, we're going to see what happens up there They're in Audi Field. Good. They're not that good. Yeah, like, you know what? And, and what we should do, for sure, is drop in an episode about, like, what are we going up against in, in uh, yeah. D.C. United? Let's talk. We'll talk about that after as we wrap up the Carolina Challenge Cup next, on our next episode next weekend. And I can't wait. Yep. Well, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. And... Um, Always make sure you rate us five stars. Would really appreciate it. And leave us a comment. Tell us what you like about the show. Share the show. If you like the club, share it with your friends. We, we really appreciate it. We're here for the fans because football, remember, is not possible without the fans. For the crown, baby.